This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 39, Maritime Mysteries Part 1, The Ivan Vasily. Of all the qualities of mankind that set us apart from the rest of the creatures on Earth, our unending obsession with rehashing and examining past mistakes is either the most endearing or the most torturous. Regardless, this innately human presupposition that any failure can be overcome or improved upon may just be the reason that humanity has managed to successfully navigate harsh environments, natural disasters, and an impossibly imposing list of physically superior predators. However, while mankind has undoubtedly seized its collective position as the dominant species on land, there is a large section of our world where we still find ourselves at a distinct disadvantage. Vast stretches of desert, jagged, unforgiving volcanic ridges, unimaginably cold, bleak, and seemingly endless swaths of glacial deserts. While these descriptions are typically called to mind when considering the word inhospitable, the Sahara Desert, Mayan Volcano, Antarctica, these terrifying bits of Earth are nothing compared to the unknown dangers and sheer destructive force that can actually be found and accessed quite easily. In fact, it makes up 71% of Earth's surface, The oceans are without a doubt the most dangerous environments on Earth. Perhaps it is the consistently severe and unconquerable nature of the seas that make it the most constant example of this human drive to investigate and learn from our own disasters. While it simultaneously offers the greatest challenge to our optimism. In the face of the exponential technological advancement that we are so proud of, the sea remains unchanged, mysterious, harsh, deadly. This is not to say that improvements have not been made. Lifeboats, lighthouses, onboard communications, GPS, all of these advancements have been developed in response to tragedies at sea. In spite of these impressive and life-saving measures, Individuals, entire crews, and entire vessels regularly vanish without a trace. Common causes of these tragedies include human error and savage weather conditions, of course. But those cases are not why we're gathered here today. A small but significant number of these instances leave investigators and all involved parties dumbstruck. 
unexplained anomalous happenings that lead to a phenomenon known by a two-word phrase that has struck fear in the hearts of sailors for hundreds of years. Ghost ships. For most people, hearing the term ghost ship may call to mind images of phantasmal frigates skating just above the eerie nighttime waves. Some spectral vessel called back to service long after sinking to the ocean floor. But a second definition of the term will be our focus this evening. The fearful phenomenon that plagues the high seas to this day. Ships that encounter and endure some unknown assailant. Some unseen force that leads to the deaths or disappearance of the crews aboard and leaves the ship to float aimlessly until it is discovered. February 8, 1904. The Russian fleet sits anchored at Port Arthur, the deep water port and Russian naval base at the tip of the Laodong Peninsula in Manchuria. The serene early morning hours exploded into chaos as the Japanese Navy launched a surprise attack, hours before officially declaring war. This was, of course, the initial conflict of the Russo-Japanese War. It would last two years, but more significantly, it would sow the seeds for the global conflict that would come to define an entire generation. In response to this unexpected attack, the Russians had to build up their naval forces immediately. This urgency led to the conscription of hundreds of civilian vessels. Among those ships was the steam freighter named the Ivan Vasily. While out on its standard supply route from Russia to Finland, Captain Sven Andrist received word of their new orders. They were to sail to St. Petersburg and pick up a load of supplies for the part of the Russian fleet stationed in Vladivostok. Now it's important to understand that in this time, the vast majority of ships were built for specific journeys. The Ivan Vasily was well suited for its purpose, short supply runs. This voyage, however, would require a rounding of the Cape of South Africa, a trip some five times the length of their standard voyage. Much longer at sea than the crew or the ship itself was accustomed to. Now, this ship was not fast by Russian naval standards, but it was known for its incredible reliability. And three weeks after receiving their orders, the ship arrived in Cape Town, South Africa. They picked up a load of coal necessary to complete the journey. It was as they sailed away from Cape Town that Captain Andrus began to see a dark change in his faithful crew. Reports of unexplained whispers and shadowy entities skulking around the darkest corners of the ship made their way to the captain. Soon, men on night watch would begin reporting unaccountable footsteps racing overhead on the deck. As these incidences began to increase in frequency, rumor spread throughout the ship that they had been surreptitiously boarded by some supernatural force. As tensions rose, physical conflict between crewmen became commonplace, as those who refused to believe accused their comrades of playing tricks. This distress peaked a few nights later, when the crew awoke to pained screams coming from the ship's upper deck. Racing to respond, they came upon a night watchman huddled and hysterical in a far corner screaming and mercilessly clawing at his own eyes. 
Upon waking in the ship's infirmary the next morning, the pitiful sailor recounted the event of the previous evening. He claimed to have spotted a mysterious figure pacing up and down the length of the boat. Humanoid in shape but devoid of discernible features, the figure appeared to be composed of some kind of glowing white mist. Baffled by its appearance but intent on understanding this unexpected incursion, the watchman shouted a challenge. Hey! The misty manifestation seemed to turn in his direction for a moment before striding confidently through one of the lifeboats and vanishing entirely. It was not the ethereal entity, but what followed that threw the unfortunate soul into a downward spiral. As soon as it vanished, the sailor was completely overcome by feelings of despair. He dropped his gear to the deck, suddenly determined to kill himself. And so he fell to the floor and began attempting to tear out his own eyes. Alarmed by this sudden uptick in activity, a thorough search of the ship was ordered by Captain Andrist, but nothing was found. He ordered that the number of night watchmen be doubled, in hopes that at the very least they could offer some source of emotional support for each other. Two uneventful evenings followed, and the captain was beginning to feel as though the worst was behind them. But as the ship and her crew drew closer to their destination, a terrible and bizarre tragedy befell them. The crew awoke once again to the sound of panicked screaming coming from the deck. When they arrived at the source, they were shocked to find the two night watchmen rolling and flailing on the ground, engaged in what appeared to be deadly combat. Each of the two men were doing all they could to strangle the life from their opponent. As members of the crew raced to intervene, they found themselves overtaken by the same violent impulses. Soon, twelve men were quite literally at each other's throats. An all-out brawl had broken out. This went on for several dreadful minutes, until a sailor named Alec Govinsky, one of the original combatants, stood up at the edge of the scuffle, and without a single word, threw himself over the railing and into the inky seas below. This seemed to snap them out of their truculent trance. The mob quickly dispersed, and would later report the entire incident to their captain. The surviving initial seaman described seeing another luminescent figure at the far end of the deck. As the two approached the entity, rage slowly took over, and he was soon dead set on ending the life of his comrade. The next morning, the Ivan Vasily arrived in Vladivostok. By the time they finished unloading their supplies, 12 crew members had fled into the city. When the Russian authorities located them, they cited multiple run-ins with otherworldly phenomena as their reason for desertion. They were promptly escorted back to the ship, and soon, the Ivan Vasily received its next set of orders. Another supply run. This time to the port of Hong Kong by way of the East China Sea. In an address to the crew before departure, Captain Andrus did his best to boost morale, explaining that whatever had been afflicting the crew had passed. This did little to calm the hearts of the crew. Apprehension and fear were undoubtedly the words of the day as they departed. Unfortunately, it took less than three days for their fears to be validated. 
following yet another sighting of the spectral entity on the deck. A crewman stabbed himself to death in the galley. Another crew member was found dead in his cabin two nights later, eyes wide, arms stuck straight out. He appeared to have been scared to death. But the crew's greatest tragedy was yet to come. As the ship neared its destination in Hong Kong, Captain Andrus stood proudly on the bow as he often did on clear nights. A low-ranking crewman who was standing with him would later report the following. I don't know what he saw, but he started breathing hard. That's what got my attention. He looked panicked for just a moment, and his eyes just kind of glazed over. I asked him if he was alright, but he ignored me. He turned around and started towards the stern. I followed, trying to get his attention. Grabbed a few guys along the way. We were all shouting at this point. You aren't supposed to shout at your captain. But we were scared. Anyway, it didn't work. It was like he was in another world. He walked calmly and slowly straight to the stern and, well, you know. Captain Andrist walked to the stern side of the deck and without warning threw himself overboard and directly into the propeller below. With the departure of the captain, the ship was left without any true soldiers on board. Aside from 2nd Officer Hansen and five others, the entire crew deserted immediately upon arriving in Hong Kong. After three long weeks of waiting, they finally assembled a new crew and followed their new set of orders to pick up supplies in Sydney. It would not be long before Hansen's obstinate or dutiful decision to stay on board would be proven a grave mistake. Three hours from port in Australia, he entered his cabin and shot himself in the head with a revolver. Rumors of the cursed ship spread through the port in Sydney like wildfire. The Russian Navy was forced to send an entirely new replacement crew, and it was soon sent on its next mission, this time to San Francisco. Just over halfway through the voyage, a fight broke out between two crewmen. They were quickly taken to the brig, where they filled the lower decks with hysterical howls and cackles. Shackled just ten feet apart, they somehow managed to break free in the night and choke each other to death. Before the ship made it to America, the relief captain followed in Hansen's footsteps and killed himself with a pistol in his cabin. The crew, in an understandable state of panic, turned the ship around and headed for home in Vladivostok. According to the Russian military, despite the crew one and all giving the same story, this was an obvious case of mutiny, and the entire crew was immediately arrested. Despite this ruling, the horrifying reputation of the Ivan Vasily spread throughout the Russian military. Manning her became impossible. The ship spent the next few years rusting away, docked where the jailed crew had left her. In 1907, a group of Russian seamen had had enough with this obviously cursed vessel. They snuck aboard the ship in the late night hours and set it ablaze. The dock was soon lined with sailors watching and cheering as they warmed themselves by the fiery death of what they believed to be a blight on the entire Russian navy. The ship slowly keeled over, 
and the crowd roared in excitement. But before it sank below the surface, a chilling, unearthly scream filled the bustling night air around them. From the ship, the pained howling could be heard clearly over the sounds of the busy and excited dockworks, a sound that would haunt the dreams of onlookers for the rest of their lives. And so, as usual, we are left with questions. Was the Ivan Vasily haunted? Was it cursed? Was the ship overtaken by some demonic force that inspired violent rage in the crewmen aboard? Or was this simply an unfortunate series of events? We may never fully understand what befell those sailors, but we must keep in mind, while we get lost in the paranormal accounts and overarching implications, these crewmen were real people who lost their lives in an act of patriotism, called to service in the most inhospitable environment on Earth. The deep, dark waters that surround us all hold many dangers and even more mysteries. Just one among them, the terrible and tragic tale of the Ivan Vasily. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now the debrief. All right. All right. So uh, some kind of spooky, uh, spooky sea stuff we've got going on, uh, which yeah. we haven't really gotten to do other than our, uh, the, the, the lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was kind of in the same vein. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of pumped about this. This is pretty cool. Um, and especially this gives me, it, I know you've seen the movie, but Ghost Ship, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it yeah. gives me much like, insane ghost ship vibes which is super cool stellar movie for anyone that hasn't seen it but i'm sure everyone has because it's stellar <laughs> yeah um yeah we all know everyone's seen every good movie <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't do yourself a favor right now stop the episode Agreed. just pause it go watch that and make sure you come back to finish this or right. just finish it and then go watch or it. or yeah you could do that too that makes sense Either that, way. you know <laughs> Both are acceptable options. Right, exactly, exactly. So my biggest takeaway is there's something on this ship that's causing these people to do some crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, you have, like, people, like, dying randomly, killing themselves, like, you know, just... Fighting each other. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's causing, like, people to go mad, it seems. Yeah. I feel like the most convincing moment of that is when the two men are fighting and the whole group of 12 people run up to pull them apart. But the, as soon as they get close to them, they're like overtaken by the same and Right. They end yeah. up just all fighting each other. Yeah. Like there's something there's, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like it's like something that's like spreading throughout the crew. Yeah. This starts with, with people that ends up. Yeah. Like people that get too close. They just, Something yeah. consumes them. Yeah. So, and this is, a, yeah, this is at the high point of what the Japanese invasion. Yep. So, like, you have you have all this going on first of all, which I mean, yeah, it doesn't really help morale, right? Yeah. But then you've got just this, the ship that seems to just be consuming its its crew. Yeah. No, it's. 
that's the thing is you're starting from a not so great point in morale to begin with because this is a conscripted vessel. Like none of these men volunteered to do this. Right. They're used to doing like short runs. That's another huge factor is these guys were at sea way longer than they're used to. Which I mean that right there could cause you know, could cause a lot of a lot of like stress on the crew. Yep. Stress on tension. anybody on board. Right. A lot of tension. You know, because I could see, like, you know, you, somebody says the wrong thing and, like, you know, you're ready to go, right? Yeah. I mean, and on top of the social pressures of being with, you know, being with the crew five times longer than you're used to, they were also, this ship was not built for long hauls. Yeah. So they were pushing it to its absolute limits. So the stress involved with that also, I mean, there's a solid chance that, see, if it were just the first crew that experienced this, I would say that that's exactly what happened. Yeah. That they went fucking nuts out there, right? For lack of a better phrase. That they, like, they just had enough. It was the tension, the, like, constant stress and anxiety of running at capacity for extended periods of time just got to them and the ship and the crew just imploded basically yeah yeah of course the thing that you know that messes up that theory is that it happened to three separate crews yeah see that's yeah that's what's what's pretty nuts i mean there's like i said there we know that there's something there's something else at play i mean i guess we don't Mm -hmm. know but there has to be like you know you know like there's there definitely has to be and that's and that's kind of what we what we get at as we kind of do these episodes. Like it's all speculation, right? But sure. still, you kind of put two and two together. I mean, we're obviously a little bit biased, right? We're two people who believe in <laughs> right. supernatural things, right? We but want like, it to be this, so why yeah. not? Yeah. Well, and you can't ignore the sightings because the sightings happen across all three crews too of this apparition. And and the violence, the like crazy violent outbursts, all seem to happen immediately following sightings of this apparition. Right. Which is, I don't know. Do you know of any other ghost stories where, like, not like full on possession, but like, but to cause just people exposure. to go mad or like something yeah. like that? Or do things completely out of character? Not anything I can really think off the top of my head. Um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty out there, like some, some form of like either some presence that causes it or something. All right. But like, I think it's, I think it's maybe like with there being multiple instances of these types of things happening, maybe it's just like a collection of just like this energy. I was trying to think of the best, better word for it. Yeah. But you like, know, like this, something just this that's negative like, force. Exactly. Yeah, book. that's kind of yeah. built up over time. That you know that uh, maybe you know maybe there has been some other stuff that's happened, like that we don't know about, other than sure. So like that has caused some of this, and maybe there's like uh, some pretty unhappy extra passengers on board. Right. Yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. See. <laughs> Also, like, have you ever heard of a mass possession? No, not at all. Me neither, right? 
Yeah. Mass hysteria to an to an extent that this this could be essentially chalked up to. Right. But again, spread across three separate crews on three separate yeah, missions. That, you're, like, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's odd. That is for sure. I now it, it does ring a bell to me the idea of when one person in a household becomes possessed that it kind of that it has like emotional effects on the people yeah. the other people in the house, right? Like I've heard of like whole families starting to act weird. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I again, I can't pull like a specific case off the top of my head. I probably should have looked into that, but like I that sounds familiar to me, that premise. Yeah, I mean I I think you're definitely right. Like that kind of kind of makes me think of um what was the episode that we did of the uh the Japanese or well, in Japan the um it was like the air base uh, the where Kadena Air Base. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, like I kind of think of that a little bit like, yeah, I mean, granted that was more targeted towards like the men, but the whole mm-hmm. family started to act strange. Yeah. You know, to an extent. So like things like that, like I could, I could definitely see, I mean, you know, especially a lot of, a lot of hauntings where, you know, you have this emotional tension, this, this kind of like, uh, kind of like just emotional thing that continues to build across the board. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think like something like that could definitely cause, you know, could cause some damage for sure. Like, especially something that like starts to start, you know, starts with somebody like somebody starts to get very agitated easily. It's, it's something like, I'm sure, you know, like someone else can see that and they, they start to get, you know, a little bit like, and it just compounds just right. And continues to like kind of span off of that. Something that like eats at people's like. Literally, literally eats it like your emotions and your frustration and things like that. And then with them out there for so long and, you know, with this being like a longer trip than normal, like, you know, these mm-hmm. types of things just all adding up. Yeah. Like I could see that becoming just something that really starts to ramp. Yeah. Well, like I think I feel like Kadena Airbase, that story is a good a good comparison because. I mean, that house was basically the ship. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And it, it didn't matter who was there, the same shit kept happening to them over but and over again. I know we also kind of chalked a lot of that up to being like the grounds that it was built on and things yeah. like that. So, like, Correct. what do we have for the ship? You know, like, unless as the ship was being built and these are like these ex you know exterior effects that we don't know about, or external effects that we don't know about other things went down and you know it's caused right. like this you know whatever like continue like built up like aggression right so yeah all history of the Ivan Vasily pre-war was that it was a uh, like a highly successful steam cargo freighter right and that was i mean was, that was that was my take right that's kind of you know what i what i kind of assumed yeah and like you said though that there had you know this was the longest and they've and they've had over a hundred years to like build up this this like legend of this haunted ship this cursed vessel and they never you know the no one along the way even added you know i mean it's pretty easy we we've talked a lot about like how how urban legends form over time but like 
it wouldn't be all that hard for someone to go like also someone died on the ship before you know what i mean like just throw that in there but no one ever did that's not part of the legend at all Uh, yeah so that's yeah that's it's really weird i don't know i mean and again i i kind of i go back to that that ghost ship example like that we know that there was there was a specific thing that happened on that particular like you know ship that caused all these you know this leftover presence and everything like yeah but like we don't really know anything that really happened on on this ship other than people like seeing like these figures and people just getting really aggressive yeah but what you know what's there what's that underlying thing that's kind of causing it I think that, you know, obviously that's what we're trying to figure out, right? So Yeah, yeah. That's the big question, right? I mean, are we talking about a ship that maybe is less cursed than it is or less haunted than it is cursed? Right. Maybe uh, maybe it's cursed. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a good question. Maybe Also, it is. what the fuck is a curse? <laughs> <laughs> right? True, true. I, I mean, you're right. Yeah. I don't know what that actually entails, you know? Like if I were writing the screenplay, okay, which I love to do from time to time. Okay, so all this trouble started right after they picked up coal in South Africa. Right? Okay, yeah. So, if I were writing the screenplay, let's say one of one of the crewmen stumble into some like South African magica shop. Ah, have some run in okay. with you know have some run in with some like shamanic figure maybe and gets cursed yeah ends up getting cursed or ends up taking something with him that's cursed you know what i mean hey um, yeah that could definitely happen that could have started the whole thing you know the initial like whatever um right and it could I even mean, be because, something as as like simple as like a relic, or sure. like you know something like that, something stupid. Right. That, you you get some like touristy like lion tooth, right? Exactly. Or yeah. 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 Okay. I, I like that approach because that yeah. at least gives us some form of context <laughs> something, yeah. for this to like fall on, be- you know, because there's there's really nothing else. Yeah. I mean, unless we're talking like the, this is just a straightforward haunting, but the but, like the widespread aggression is so strange right. for that setting, you know. I don't know. I've because I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Um, so basically, like, and I'm sure listeners that you noticed that in the title says part one. My plan is to every once in a while come back to this this setting on the ocean. Okay. Some like to cover a story of particularly ghost ships I find really interesting. So yeah. there's a little statistic I'd like to share with you. Okay. In in 2020, the IMO, the International Maritime Organization, in their database they listed 438 ships worldwide. And 5,767 crew members abandoned since 2004. So, 
438 ships have been found just floating, empty, with no record of what happened to the crew. You know, honestly, to me, that's the cre- that's the creepier thing. Yes. Like, that- take it as you will, a ghost ship, fine. You know, it's not fine, but still, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, at least, like, whatever. But to find a ship literally sailing completely abandoned yeah would be crazy and i've looked into a bunch of these so many of them like lifeboats still on the ship like right no 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 noticeable damage to the ship no literally no discernible reason why they would have abandoned the ship and it's it's just there empty no record of what happened to anyone people not found afterward like 30 this happened with 31 vessels just in 2020 and we get back to the premise of ghost ship (laughs) (laughs) i mean the reason that i bring this up is because if if the ivan vasily had been on an even longer voyage this could have eventually been what happened to the ship if this had time to like continue yeah. I mean, think of the scene where captain where the captain of the ship just turns and walks and throws himself overboard without any like warning yeah. or any no discussion. Exactly. No, yeah. And then after that, then you have them basically questioning like, oh, you know, there's no there's basically no way like he would do this and obviously yeah. it was you know, he was either coaxed into it or somebody pushed him, basically, right? Right. Like, they, I mean, think of, if you think about that, if that happened to every crew member, slowly, if they were out there long enough for that to happen with every crew member, then you're left with a, you're left with a ghost ship floating yeah. empty with no sign of their crew. You know, it could also be just the fact of being on the sea for that long and getting getting back into the whole mental health you know discussion sure. um you know maybe maybe this like that's part of it right like you know obviously it can cause it can cause you to do you know a lot of things that you wouldn't expect Um, but you know, you have this crew of people that haven't seen their families. They haven't, you know, done this or that, whatever else. And maybe there's like, no, you know, at that point there, they didn't know like any, you know, immediately like, I guess plans of, of getting home or whatever else. Right. Right. So it became a thing like, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm grasping at straws. That's but okay. you know, it's trying to trying to kind of piece that together. But yeah, maybe it maybe it was something that like, you know, it's just like yeah, taking taking the heat of like not being with your family. I know you're with a crew, which I you know I would think would kind of help, right? Yeah. You well, know, I mean, the but, captain's initial reaction was to double up, you know, to go with like the buddy system, right? So that right. they could so, provide emotional support for each other. Right, so there was definitely some of that there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, like you know, maybe, maybe, even despite that, 
it was more so harder for some of them to be able to handle. Yeah. But for that to be so just widespread, that's, I mean, that's where I'm trying to, where I'm trying to kind of figure out where that kind of comes into play. Well, you're talking about a crew who went from six day trips. That's what they did. They went, they went, they were out for six days on supply runs. They would just bring it straight, bring the cargo straight back home and take it to market. Right. That's what they did when they were, when they were conscripted, they were sent on a mission that took nine weeks. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a significant difference for sure. Yes. And Nine I could weeks. see, I could see definitely. I mean, that's that's going to eat away at anybody. You yeah. Know? Imagine two months of seeing no one but your coworkers. Also, straight. the fact that you're on the sea the whole time, like mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not. It's definitely different than being able to go from like area to area or town to town and things like that. Like, I mean, you know, like land versus sea is a significant difference. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, I could see I could see that being playing a big factor in that. I mean, obviously, you and I don't have a lot of experience with what you know with what they were going through. Right, right. If yeah. like, if any of our listeners, if any of you have experience at sea, like, or in like submarines, or just military, like naval experience, being out for extended periods of time, like, I would love to hear. A little bit about what it's like just you know being do you get like cabin fever do you know is there are there ways to like blow off steam basically i don't i don't know i'm curious about it because like could these guys really just go crazy yeah now i know you know i've i've had a family member that's li- basically lived and worked on like an ocean liner you know for almost like a year at a time or so yeah. And like from from my understanding and from what I've heard is that it's a very lonely experience. Yeah. You know, like the best people suited to do so are the people that literally don't have families, that don't have anything to like come back to. Right. Because you're out for so long, you know, and you can yeah. be out for longer periods of time than you even anticipate. Yeah, that's so true. So imagine that, but the people that are used to those 6-day voyages basically you know, ready to get back to their families and, you know, things like that. And yeah, I could see, I could see that really driving somebody to crack. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too. Um, I have my brother-in-law's brother-in-law basically. He, um, (laughs) (laughs) he, um, he was on the, uh, nuclear sub for the Navy for like, you know, eight years. Yeah. And, um, he has some pretty crazy stories. I might like dive into that, have a chat with him about what it was like. Yeah. Right. I feel the sub is probably even worse. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're like in the confines of that and like literally no, not even, I mean, getting to see like daylight and, you know, like, yeah, which on a ship you can go out of the deck and, Mm-hmm. Also, he's like. Also, he's like six five. I'm like, who the hell picked you for this? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. 
Yeah, that would yeah, be brutal. Sub would be, I think, oh man, yeah, I think that'd be more tough. Absolutely. Okay. I'd be interested to hear, like, how, how it actually is, like, what the experience is like. Yeah. Okay. So, piecing this together, I mean, I... I, my first instinct is to say, like, there's something, something sinister on board. Right. Some leftover something, whether it be ghostly, spiritual, demonic, magical, like, you yeah. know? I mean, Some yeah. Some curse. I, I, exactly. I, like, honestly, like, my mind goes to curse. Yeah. Yeah. But what type of a curse? Like, I, you know, yeah. um, unless like your whole like script idea, you know, somebody ends sure. up going off and bring something on board. Um, or, you know, you have this, you have a person that's literally uh, maybe they, you know, maybe they've reached like the this point where they want to take others out with them. So, like, you have somebody that, like, you know, comes on, he's part of the crew, whatever else, like, causes a whole stir of, of you know, just, like, this widespread thing, becomes, like, causing people to, like, form these, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's, like, things being passed around, like, so-and-so said this, so-and-so said, did this, and right. then just try, tries to, like, cause, like, this, you know, just ag this whole thing on. Exactly. Yeah, and then their goal at the end of it is just to take them all out. So looking at this more like a workplace massacre. Almost, yeah. yeah. Like someone is just fed up, they're done, and they're just going to like do everything they can to turn the ship into chaos. Yeah, maybe. It's an interesting way to go about it. Right. You know? I don't know, man. I personally, I lean toward demonic. I think, like, yeah. I mean, I feel like if it's somebody. Not a curse, I think it's. I, I I lean more towards demonic as well. Yeah. I feel like someone got on that ship with something attached to them. I think it's very possible, and it's stuck. Right. I mean, I my money would be on the first guy who threw himself overboard. He was part of. He was part of the initial sighting. He was part of the initial fight. Okay. And then he, he gets up during the scuffle and just throws himself overboard. And maybe once he's dead, the demon stays. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's his way of, like, trying to take care of it or trying to deal with it. And then, you know, obviously just at trying that to point. Get, trying to escape it. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at that point, it's too heavily influenced, like, on this whole, like, it's it's almost like causing darkness on this, this whole area, this whole ship. Yeah. And that it's easily able to just jump from that and start, you know, jump from, from crew to crew. And I remember. I remember where we talked about a situation similar to this. It was okay. Estefania, where she After became possessed. She- and when she died, the, yes. the demon stayed in the house and tormented her family. Yeah, for like a year. Yes. Right? Yeah. There we go. Perfect. Yes. Perfect example. So, yeah. 
So I could I could see that very well being, you know, this similar in this case, yeah, because it can attach itself to an area, not specific, or to a thing, not necessarily to a person. A person, right? And then maybe like okay, because we're seeing like several instances of people who kill themselves, people who you know, in all manner of killing themselves. Maybe right. those were like each person became the next specific target for for possession right and like just as idea. it's as it's moving from person to person it's just causing misery i mean imagine sharing quarters with someone who's possessed tell me you're not going to walk on eggshells right yeah. like that your life isn't going to be fucked up too well yeah and imagine the influence that's going to have on the rest of the crew like yeah. and it's going to you know i could easily see that causing people to become very like high strung very aggressive almost territorial um whatever else yeah like it could cause a lot of like these extreme behaviors that you wouldn't expect otherwise yeah and for the sheer like idea of just even making fun like as i'm sure you know i would expect like some demonic force to do so yeah that that makes so much sense to me like especially once i figured out like because i knew i had heard something similar before right but like that's that's very similar because that that demon stuck around and it made life hell for that entire family for over a year yep the fact that these things can linger right right and they can also manifest and stay dormant for yeah. long periods of time sometimes they hide in sometimes they hide in basement stairs that get cut up and taken to a museum <laughs> <laughs> or the things found in the dirt underneath them yeah yeah all the stuff that fell between the dryer and the washer right exactly yeah that's funny <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like that makes a ton of sense to me on for this I agree. Story. Yeah. Out of everything we've discussed, I, I think I buy that the most. I wish I knew more about curses. I know. I gotta, it's it's not really gotta, something we've kind of discussed, yeah. right? Like I, I think we've just like kind of mentioned them like peripherally. We've talked like, about oh, maybe it's cursed. Right. And I know we've talked we've talked in like a couple episodes, especially when we did the Halloween episode last year. Yeah. Or I guess this past year. Oh yeah, the um, Julia Brown like, curse. Exactly, like that, and then also talking about like, you know, like like zombieism. Uh, talking about like the whole like Haitian thing, like the Haitian curse. Yep. Um, you know things like that. So like we've kind of dabbled, but we haven't really like gotten down to like what is a curse? Yeah. What constitutes a curse? You know. I mean, let's throw it on the whiteboard. Let's get yeah, there. I, I I'm interested get, now. Yeah. Like, maybe we can return to kind of this thought and be like, oh, this is a curse. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not really a, a a realm of, you know, Fortean inquiry that I've ever yeah. pursued before. I, it's like, almost like a sub, uh, like, not, not even a sub, like, what what even would that be? Just say subgenre. <laughs> I don't want to say subgenre. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I was trying to avoid it. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's like, uh, to me, it, that falls in like the same realm as like witchcraft 
right? Yeah. And magic. Um, I'm like lately, I've been really interested in like it's probably just from the interview from last week talking with Heather Mosier about like Appalachian magic and like history, but like okay. that that areas like hexes and stuff like I would love to get really deep into that. Yeah. Yeah. And just learn more about what is a curse. Exactly. I don't know. What is a hex? Yeah. What is a hex? (laughs) Right. What the heck? Yeah. That's, that's not, that's just not something we talk about. Yeah. Well, now we have to, yeah, we have to, and I think it's something we'll have to, we'll definitely have to kind of return to, and because I mean, my mind goes to goes to curse, yeah, like the curse of the, the old sailor ship, um, whatever the, the ship is called, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm gonna call it old sailor ship, um, you know, like yeah, sounds good, but what is that curse? Right, is it the curse of he? You know, every fifth man on board with gray hair and <laughs> dark skin, yeah, will become mean or something. <laughs> will become mean. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure either. I I'd love to get into it, but like, because I feel like there's this whole this whole option that's not really available to us here as we're trying to discuss this because we don't know enough about it. And that's it's a like an entire Avenue though. We could, we could, we're literally dismissing because you know, we yeah. don't have further experience with it. So that's where I challenge like our listeners. Yeah. Teach us about curses. Yeah. School yes. us. You know, let's, let's bring you on. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I know we have some listeners that are into witchcraft that are into oh without um, a doubt yeah. magic like yeah teach us about curses I know like Greg Morrill from all the weird he's always talking about cursing people like Greg yeah. let's get you on I want to chat curses yeah yeah I think that'd be awesome it's just I I, I think it would open us up to a whole new like a, a whole new like way of thinking and like yeah, a whole putting new set of some of these things out because I mean it's easy to chalk something up as to a demonic possession of some sort yeah. or you know like this this haunted object being this ghost ship sure um you know like caused by this darkness this evil whatever yeah i mean and I don't know how much of this is just like the Western Hollywood version of of Africa at the turn of the twentieth century, but like right i I feel like magic is a fairly was a fairly sizable part of their culture of yeah. South African culture, or at least I wouldn't be surprised if it was right um, right I mean, I might be totally off base there, but I'm well again when we when we go back to that whole like the whole Haitian thing, right? It, it, magic was a massive part of that. Of that yeah. whole that whole and a thing. lot of that came over with the slave trade from Africa, right? Right, and from then yeah, and then the the English uh, uh, like sail- Catholicism mixing with it. It was it was also during the uh, what American Revolution, right? Yeah, um, you know, so you have all these soldiers coming over and and bringing 
those things and tales of those things and learning yeah. these things from you know the these like Haitian people and stuff like that. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> right. So, as a person who knows very little about curses, I fully back the theory that this was demonic possession. <laughs> I mean, me too. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's, to me, it's the most plausible option. Yeah. With everything that this has caused... That does make the most sense. It would be, it could literally, you know, they could explain all of this. Yeah. I I really hate that that's the way I'm leaning because I hate possession. It scares the shit out of me. It always does. Every time we talk about it, it freaks me out. But like, it's just, okay, so what really scares me is the thought of someone changing so so much on a dime like just the cons whether it's demon whether it's caused by a demon or not just the idea that someone's entire personality can flip in an instant can make you not you anymore yes right it's terrifying yeah i mean like, yeah I, I agree with that yeah i i never i never uh you know i would never like to be possessed yeah i can say that I think that's the first like anomalous <laughs> phenomenon we've encountered that you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, there's a lot of them I don't want. You're like, give me all the hauntings, give me alien abduction. <laughs> I mean, you'd like to see a cryptid, right? I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, I think it'd be cool. No possession, as though. long as it's not Pass some crazy that. mean dog man that's gonna eat me. Exactly. I would not ever yeah. want to see Dogman. No, I'm not into that. I'd love to see a Sasquatch from like yeah, that'd be from cool. like a hundred yards. Yeah. I don't even like seeing like gorillas in, in the zoo. <laughs> it makes right. me uncomfortable. Oh yeah, yeah. I I mean I re- I remember and now now we're on another tangent. Yeah. But I remember being a kid um, when they used to like do like the circusy like circus stuff and like yes. Used to kind of like bring that to school, and you had like you had the person dressed up as a gorilla and stuff. That used to, yeah, <laughs> used to scare the pants off me. Yeah, I mean, aside from all the moral implications of seeing a gorilla in a zoo, which I definitely deal with, I hate right. seeing that. But just being that close to them freaks me out. Also, so like I I I also wouldn't want to see Sasquatch like ten yards away. That would be what scary. What if it's behind like some thick glass reinforced? Maybe. You know, like a steel cage. I'd probably feel a lot like when I see gorillas in, in I mean, the yeah. zoo. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, so Sasquatch aside. Um The thing that really sells me sells me is the eyewitness account of the captain's suicide. Where he literally says it's like he was in another world. Like his eyes glaze over. He's no longer engaged right. with like he's our reality. Not him anymore. Yeah, it's like he's he's some something or somebody else. Yeah, it's like he's possessed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and yeah, 
I'm I'm fully I'm I fully back the demonic possession theory. I do too. But this is an interesting case of demonic possession. It's it's very it is significantly different than most, right? Yeah, I mean I don't think I don't think it targeted one single person. Unless yeah. it was like that that original person that threw themselves over and then you know, and then it's kind of bounced and you know, bounced back yeah. and forth and maybe it just sat with this area making like causing this just like you know, this kind of emotional thing, right? Yeah. I mean there's this there's this theory on on demons or what we call demons in Western society that they're more like more like interdimensional vampires, like energy yeah. energy suckers, right? That basically yeah, live off, off of like that feed off of fear and aggression and negativity in in humans, right? So that also could be it could be something like that, a situation like that. And then all those people out there on this longer voyage. Yeah, they're miserable. Could lit- it could literally feed off of that. You know, making it a hundred times worse. I I like that theory. Yeah. And again, this is happening during during one of the bloodiest conflicts. Right, exactly. In, in Russian right? Exactly. So tell me that wouldn't draw in the you know, get the attention of an entity like that, right? And there's so much more to be able to feed off of and draw that energy from and everything. Yeah. You know, all of this other stuff going on at the same time. Yeah. Man, now I'm neck and neck. Could be one or the other. Maybe it's the same thing. It might right? be. Yeah. I, we have to leave it open for that. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe it is the same thing. Yeah, because maybe what maybe we're we, looking at it incorrectly, right? Yeah, maybe what we characterize as like demonic possession is one of these interdimensional beings, basically just feeding off of this, you know, negativity that they generate. Yeah. Now, again, listeners, if anyone else has any other theories that you want to throw out, yeah, absolutely, I'd like that too because I'm sure, I'm sure you guys have a lot of different ones that. You know, we might not have even kind of discussed or even thought about. Yeah. So maybe this is an alien. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we almost made it. I mean, okay. So the, the actual ghost ship phenomenon that I've, that I discussed earlier, a lot of people talk aliens in relation to yeah. those. There have been several that have been found near like uso sightings and like could be full-on abductions right entire crew and everybody on board right yeah yeah just these many extraterrestrial rapture events (laughs) where they just suck everybody up off the ship and they're never seen or heard from again see there's there's another approach but that's a whole other thing that's a whole other thing because this wasn't. This didn't end up being a ghost ship. So. Shoot, maybe it was the rapture, <laughs> and the only good people on Earth were on that ship. I yeah. mean, you know, like I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, it's gonna come in waves if it's gonna come. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's direct biblical quotation there. <laughs> 
And so he said, they shall come in waves. <laughs> and so he said, I'm sure it'll come in waves. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. We'll see. Awesome. <laughs> we probably pissed a lot of people off today. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Tell That's us what we're here it. for. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like it though. No, this is a cool. This is a cool one. I I I dig the more the more weird, and this is different. You know, yeah. definitely different. Definitely. Thank you. You're welcome. And that concludes episode thirty nine, Maritime Mysteries Part One, The Ivan Vasily. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. And if you want more, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. It's there you will find bonus content, behind the scenes, we're just keeping up on our day-to-day, and maybe some swag along the way. It is our way to show thanks for your support and do everything we can to provide you with as much content as possible. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. With that said, we want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And lastly, we do have our merch store. You can find the link available on all of our social media or via our link tree. Show your support. Buy a shirt, buy a sticker, buy a blanket, buy a pillow, anything that you want to rep Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram, the brilliant mind behind the gorgeous music that you hear each week behind the debrief. So go find him at reverentmusic.bandcamp.com or you can visit his Spotify page by searching Reverent. R-E-V-E-R-E-N-T. All of these links can be found in the episode description. Go and support him. You both deserve it. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.